The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Today, Shannon Gross, broadcasting live from the SWBC Mortgage Bedroom here in Frisco, Texas, joined by Jesse Holly, Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels. Man, how things have changed <laughs> in just a few days. Let's get right into it. We got the Red Rocket in Dallas. What do you guys think about that? What were your initial thoughts? Anybody jump in? Go with it. I was floored. I did not see it coming. Holy cow. Just when you thought Red Jesus was gone, he reappeared. <laughs> <laughs> he rose from the grave, baby. <laughs> what are your thoughts on it, Nate? I want to hear Jesse first, man. No, I want to hear Nate. I want to hear Nate. I want to hear, 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 hear Nate first. Nate, you got a lot to say, Nate, so I want to hear you first. Let me, let me tell you, man. Hey, wait, real quick, real quick. Breaking news, uh, as reported by DallasCowboys.com, Cooper Rush has been cut by the Dallas Cowboys. Now, let uh, me say something. Yeah. Now, let me say something. That's how you do it. It sucks, yeah. to get, it sucks to get cut. It sucks to get released. But that is how you do it. You don't hold on to a man until training camp or until further down the city. This is how you do it. You bring another guy in. You let him go. Now, it sucks to be cut. But at least... Cooper Rush has the opportunity to go find employment somewhere else before we really get into the swing of things of, of training camps and, and things of that nature. This is how it's supposed to be done, fellas. When you see guys get held on to up until training camp and then get released, you make it virtually impossible for a lot of these guys to find employment. So, so kudos to the Cowboys. This is how you release somebody. You sign a guy, you know that you're done with this guy, there's no need to keep them, hold them on, hold on to them. Let them go. Let them try to go find employment somewhere else. This is how it's supposed to be done. I tell you, that's right here, man. Uh, when my phone blew up, man. Uh, Kurt, we didn't. I didn't hit you, but I hit <laughs> Jesse and the, the beard right away, man. And uh, because, believe it or not. This is how it's supposed to be done. You cannot go into a season, and we all agree with Cooper Cup as your backup. You got a quarterback that don't want to sign. I don't know if he signed his tag yet, but this is how business is supposed to be done. Now you go out and find a capable backup. You know, even though Dak has never missed a game, this is how you do it. Now, the pendulum, like you said, my friend, uh, gross. It swung leverage right. I don't know. I, I'm not getting into contracts, but I'm getting into we got a guy that I think is a starter. Now, whether you think he's a number number three starter or a number 32 starter, I don't care. This team is going forward. 
Mike McCarthy calls Stephen Jones, Will McClay, and Mr. Jones and say, man, I need a quarterback. What if Dak ain't paying attention to what's going on? What if this virtual virtual meetings turn into virtual reality and we don't have this cat and this thing jump off? <laughs> Dak, Cowboys contract, I have nothing to do with. But great move for the Dallas Cowboys and making sure you have a viable backup because there's too much talent on this team offensively to sit there dormant. Kurt, what'd you think, man? Oh, I thought it was a great move. I mean, just put Dak's whole situation aside. I mean, just the fact that this coaching staff wanted a proven veteran to be a backup, like Nate said. I mean, yeah, Dak's played every game, but, you know, one snap of the football, and now you're looking at a guy, unproven guy who's thrown three passes in the league if you had Cooper Rush back there. So I think the, the coaching staff wanted, wanted somebody there they could trust. And uh, the move is great. I mean, I fully expect Dak to be there. I fully expect Dak to beat the starter. Um, but to have, you know, <laughs> to have Dalton there behind him is fantastic. I think it's a great move. <laughs> hey, Kurt, what? you sound great, Kurt. You sound great. <laughs> you sound good, Kurt. Uh, oh, my God. Okay. What are you laughing at, Nate? I don't like tags. I told y'all that a long time ago. I hate tags. He's the future of your – he's the future. He's the franchise quarterback. I hate tags. Tags yeah. mean you're one step away from not being a part of that future. I hate tags. They'll get him signed. They'll get him signed. He's the future okay. here. Okay. But well, just... it's a great insurance policy, even if whether he <laughs> signs or not. It's great having Dalton. <laughs> I, I've, always, I've always liked Dalton. I've always – thought that he was underrated I, I think he could start for you know I think he's that middle l- lower end of that middle tier of quarterbacks um, and I've always wondered why they've never valued they, they value the kicker position more here it seems like at the Cowboys than they do the backup quarterback position they've never had a you know I guess Matt Castle could have been your you know I guess backup or um high quality backup if you want to say that but I, I've always wondered why they haven't had a, a legit backup at that position and, and does, does that speak to the talent they think that they've put together on offense to where if something does happen to Dak you insert this guy and yeah there's, there's probably a little bit there's going to be some drop off but this guy with the talent that's around him can drive this bus if not a little bit more and continue to win you games and not just, you know, hold service until Dak gets back. Is that kind of how you guys view this, or do you view this as a, hey, the circus is in town, quarterback controversy. When we get to training camp, you know, everything's up for grabs. What what are we looking at here, Jess? Jesse, Jesse, (laughs) Jesse. This is a power chess move, okay? And I love the way Nate, when he started naming people, the order in which he named them. He named Stephen Jones first. This is a power chess move by Stephen Jones and company. One thing for certain, two things for sure, the nature in which the Dallas Cowboys operate has changed. It has changed. And this is a move where two weeks ago, 
Rain Dakota Prescott had every bit of leverage. And I know there's people out there saying, oh, this isn't a leverage move. This isn't. Stop it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> really it. Think so? Stop it. Now, is Stephen Jones going to come out and say, yep, this is a leverage move? No, he's not going to say that. No one's going to say that. But coming into a couple days ago, you had a franchise with a wealth of offensive talent. I mean, you talk about talent out the wazoo. You have a quarterback who has been going back and forth with you in negotiations all offseason, all throughout the year, about years, not the dollar amounts, about the years that he wants on his contract. We, it's all, we all know. Dak wants to be able to get four years in and be back at the table in four years while he's 30 years old, while the TV money has went up by Deshaun Watson and, 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 and Patrick Mahomes and maybe Lamar Jackson has changed the market. He wants to be able to go ahead and get in there and double dip and not have to come back in six years to get a new deal when he's in his 30s and they try to play that your plus 30 rule. You're not having OTAs in offseason, so you really can't physically develop a quarterback. Mike McCarthy, who's a quarterback guru, can't get his hands physically on a quarterback, whether that be Dan Natucci or whether it was Cooper Rush or whoever it may have been. So they had to do everything now virtually. And from what we're hearing, it's kind of vague, but Dak's not showing up for the Zoom meetings, whatever. I get it. I understand it. And no, you can't hold out if you're not having a contract. If you don't have a contract, he hasn't signed a contract, so he's not holding out. He's just currently not under contract. But this is a power move. This is this is a move saying, Dad, we love you, and you're going to be our future, but don't think you're going to hold us hostage, and we're going to go into this season and not having a capable guy to run this team. And Andy Dalton is not going to take Dak Prescott's job. When the moment Dak Prescott decides to sign his contract or tender or whatever it is that he has to sign, he is now QB1. Period. There is no quarterback competition. But there is a leverage play saying, okay, your move now. We Here's our deal. And if you don't want to show up, cool. We got enough talent offensively on this team that even with a bad Andy Dalton, he can go and win us eight or nine football games. And we have a coach that's going to be able to coach us to a victory or two. It ain't the way the old way used to be where if we didn't have our starting guys, that it was all downhill. We have a coach that's going to be able to coach us to a win or two throughout the season. We have a roster that's going to give us a a, a significant chance to win every single game that we're going to be in, especially offensively. And now for the quarterback position, is Andy Dalton what he, you know, the first round pick that he was eight, nine years ago? No. But with this talent, with this talent, hell, I can go out there and win the six or seven games with this talent. <laughs> with with CeeDee Lamb. With C, with C, man, listen, handle off the Zeke. Ain't going to be no more eight-man, nine-man boxes. I can, I can hand the ball off the Zeke. I can throw hitch routes all day to Mario Cooper and throw fade routes to Gallup and, and allow CeeDee Lamb to work over in the middle and, and, and get the ball to Blake Jones. I mean, it, it, ain't, it, ain't, it, won't, it should not be very hard for a quarterback of Andy Dalton's caliber if he has to start under center to get victories in this offense. Mike so, McCarthy's so a court. Just to play devil's advocate, because I agree, I think Dak's QB1 as soon as he steps on the, you know, signs his contract or whatever. But we've always been talking about he needs to make this his team, and we've maybe seen Dalton carry that role with the Bengals. Is there any scenario? That's the only way. 
This is a chess power move. In, 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 in the words of an old uh, uh, Atlanta spiritual, this was the Jones family saying, knuck if you buck. Knuck if you buck. If, 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 you, if, you think, if you think we won't start somebody else if you don't want to sign, knuck if you buck, Dak. Go knuck ahead. If, what? Knuck if you buck? Knuck if you... If, if you acting foggy, then leap. If you want to act froggy, then leap. But we're okay if you decide to act froggy. We've now got a guy who we can put in here, and that's going to be able to sustain us. It won't. We all know if Cooper Rush was playing quarterback, it was going to be bad, even with this talent. But with Andy Dalton, it's more. The Joneses have said, "Cool, Dak. We have given you a fair offer, and what we feel is a fair offer. Now it may not be the years that you want, and you may want to hold out." You may not want to sign. You may want to sit home for a little while, see how this thing plays out. Cool. What you won't do is handicap us with Cooper Rush under center. We went and got a guy who can now, who you know and I know and we all know that he can, he's capable enough of getting under center and doing something of positivity with this offense. So knuck if you buck. If you, if, if you, if you froggy enough, then leap and not sign a deal that we want to give you. The, the hey, bottom line, the bottom line is, Coach McCarthy, along with the rest of the Jones's family, and Will McClay woke up and said, "We hired McCarthy to come in here and win now. How can we say we hired McCarthy to win now with Cooper Cup? Now Cooper we have Rush. went far enough, <laughs> and we put in these virtual practices or whatever that may mean." Uh, and this kid may or may not be looking or not looking. Enough is enough. If you're about winning, give me somebody that we know has been to the playoffs out of his eight years, maybe five or six times. Uh, Cincinnati is the blame to a lot of those first-round knockouts, but Dallas has fared no better. And this kid may come in here with the right coaching. And if Dak don't sign his contract, uh, lead these guys somewhere or either or either hold the ship down good enough until he gets back. Me, like I said, I'm not getting to the contract deal. Look at it from a basic point of view. Would you want to go into the season with this amount of offensive talent with Cooper Rush? Now, you know, I've always believed that you play your second team guy. Uh, you give him all the snaps. You don't play around in preseason. You don't play around during training camp. You had that one guy taking all the snaps if he's a young guy. You don't have to do that with this kid here. This kid here, uh, Andy Dalton, is ready. He is he is more than ready. Just four, just two or three years ago, this kid was an all-pro, so I'm not, I'm not hearing it. Uh, Y'all haggle over the, the, the power moves and the chest moves. Uh, now I feel good at the backup position and now at the starting position that this team is going to go forward. I just, I just hope that they can get whatever – the problem is with the rest of the contract, that's on them. What do you think, Shannon? Nate, this is, this is a quick, uh, I mean, I, I think it's a great move. I did not see it coming. I didn't think they would do this, whether it's a power move or, or not. Like I said, I've always wondered why they haven't put much value in the backup position. I think, I think on several different levels, this was an awesome move. And it makes me want to know, Nate, this is for you and Jesse – the locker room, the locker room effect of this. Dak, let's just say Dak, he does sign and you go to training camp. 
now for the first time since Dak's been here, you got a guy that's a legit quarterback in the NFL that can come in and win you games, um, that can move the ball down the field. Is there any negative or adverse no. effect of this guy being there if Dak does sign None. they're both in camp? Any, what's going on in the locker room? The first time Dak this has is, this is Dak's team. games, is there any chirping? How does that work? Because you know this the is fans Dak's are going to be like, Dak has two bad games. It's going to be like, put in the red rocket. Let's go. Andy Dalton for president. Let's go. Let me say say this right here, man. You give this dude $31 million and don't believe in it. That, that, that is a bad omen for your, for your, for management. I I, I just gave you $31 million. Uh, You lost a couple of games. Oh, we're going to start the other guy. When the day you do that, just go on and cut it. That ain't gonna be from that ain't gonna be forgotten by the player, man. So uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. Everybody keeps saying franchise quarterback, and, and my hat's off to Tampa Bay. We signed Tom Brady by Winston. We don't want you no more. Uh, the guy from San Diego that signed with uh, the coach, Philip Rivers. Yeah. The, the better teams, the teams that know what they want, they don't play games. Yes, this is a move. Uh, to solidify the quarterback position with Andy Dalton, but it, they ain't playing that game. If Dak come in and sign his tender, they're not playing that game. Uh, if he signed the long term deal, they are not playing that game. Because once you play that game with that amount of money, why did you even why did you even sign it? Why did you let him come into camp? If you're gonna play that game, that's that's a dangerous game, man. You will split your locker room, and the quarterbacks won't have nothing to do with it. Yeah. That's true. So how and does then, this affect Dak? Is his feelings hurt now? Who cares? No. <laughs> no. I, I, no. Dak. Now I, I do believe this. I, I do believe that the the professional locker room. And I mean, I, so, I just don't mean football. I mean all professional sports. You have some of the most fragile egos that you'll ever find on the face of this earth. And all these big, strong athletes that we all praise and put on this high pedestal. There are a bunch of dudes who we cheer for every single game, Sundays or Mondays or whenever, who have the most fragile egos. I think for Dak, he understands the business. Again, not not to belabor a sad point, I think Dak is going through a little bit more on his mind right now with what he just dealt with a week or two ago with his brother passing. And I, I, I mean, he's, he's looking at this as uh, maybe another challenge, maybe, maybe so, and also guys in the locker room, they always find ways to add chips. How can, how can the chip on my shoulder get a little bit bigger? You know, we, we've been all watching this last dance document and we've seen how the great Michael Jordan, he will find anything to drive him, anything to motivate him. So for me, I think for Dak, this is just this more of a motivation to come back and be better than ever so that, you know, after this year, uh, uh, if he doesn't get a deal done and they franchise him, he can come back, have a greater year, and come back to the table again and say, you know, now I want, now I really want forty. Now forty's not even forty was a, a negotiation number before. Now it's my hard number. Now I want forty because you, you know, you, you, you thought I wasn't worth it a year or so ago. Now I proved it to you. We got to the NFC Championship or we got to the Super Bowl or whatever it may be, and and now I want, I really want it. But I, I don't think this, I don't think this bothers Dak. I don't think it messes with the locker room those are that guys like all those guys in that locker room the uh, the the faces of this team Zeke Amari Michael Gallup you know Tyron Smith and all those guys 
they're, they're like this with Dak. They, 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 they're a band of brothers right now. So Andy, Andy Dalton coming to this mix, you know, he can only help the locker room with being, you know, a, a good person. Like everyone has said he's been. No, no, not one person from the Cincinnati organization or players has said anything negative about Andy Dalton and his leadership. So he can come in and just continue the positivity. But I just think this is, this is Dak football team and everybody in that locker room, especially those guys offensively, they believe in Dak. You know, I, well, I, like I say, man, uh, right about now, uh, Dak and his people, his agent, his group, however you want to put it, they knew they weren't going to win every psychological battle or every leverage move. They, they knew sooner or later they could like, okay, I'm, I'm quite sure his people smile to say now, they're they going to sign somebody here. It just depends on who they're going to sign, whether we have to take a look at it or not. Uh, when Andy Dalton, they, they may look at it. May like, mm, well, we got to look at this, you know, maybe maybe a different way. Maybe we give a little bit here, take a little bit there. Uh, but once again, I will repeat over and over. Did you really, really want to take an opportunity to Dak being behind and not being a part of this if all of this virus stuff breaks? And these guys get a chance to do something physically. Would you really like to see Dak not there and Cooper Rush leading them saying, yeah, boy, that's 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 10, 11 wins right there. Come on now, fellas. This this is like Jesse said, this is this is real nose football now. This ain't this ain't waiting to see. This is like we moving forward. We we have responsibility to 50 some other guys in that locker room to give them the opportunity to win. We can't keep telling the fans and the players. Okay, we, okay, when we get it perfect, we'll be ready to run. Can't work that way every year. Well, sounds like it's unanimous on hanging with the boys. We like it. We think it's a positive. We all Power move. Positive when we can pay the bills <laughs> and stay on the air. So we're going to do that right now. We will take a break when we come back. Let's talk about the defense. They had a uh, signing over the weekend of a defensive player. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Can this offense improve? Should they score more points? And rookie mini camps would be going on right about now. Let's talk about all that and more when we come back on Hanging with the Boys. The Cowboys Way, where Thanksgiving means spending the day with 100,000 of your closest family and friends to watch the game live. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships show us what success looks like. Where we're all defined by one single thing, the star where we as fans have the power to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America. Copyright 2019, Bank of America Corporation. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait. Did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. 
based on GWS1 score September 2019. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Back to Hanging with the Boys. We are back live from the SWBC Mortgage Bedroom here in Frisco, Texas. Wingstop. Go to wingstop.com now to get that undeniable deliciousness delivered right to your door. Your choice of 11 mouthwatering flavors like zesty lemon pepper, mango habanero, or spicy Korean Q, all available in boneless or classic Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. All right, fellas. Daryl Worley was signed over the weekend. Does he bring anything to the table? I don't know much about him. Last week, sorry. Um, with free agency in the draft, are they now – you guys think they're good in the secondary? Does this – are we good in the secondary? I think we're good up front. I think we're pretty solid in the middle. The secondary's kind of got me worried. What are your thoughts? We're okay. We're okay. <laughs> we're okay defensively. That, it doesn't make me feel I would say really overall, great, yeah. Right? I don't even know about the front. Yeah, okay. so I feel good about see what coach, If Coach Nolan comes in and be a genius and fits all these pieces together and get guys to play hard and do their assignments and to be uh, a, a little bit above average, then I'm with that. And until I see that, see, like I said, this virtual thing is all right. I mean, but until you can lay hands on somebody or you can really go out and execute that playbook and transform it to the field, uh, we finished bad last year, and that's the only thing I'm gonna keep remembering that we finished bad defensively and special teams wise. I mean, you can get all the guys you want until you put these pieces together and let them bond. We don't know what's gonna happen here. There are a lot what, of question marks for what, sure. Kurt, what's your problem with the front? Well, I just you know I I hope it, it looks good on paper. I mean, but you know Lawrence was banged up some last year. You've got, they, they uh, definitely strengthened the, the defensive tackles, but they're both 30-something, and, you know, are they going to last? You hope they can rotate it in and out. Do you know who your right defensive end is for sure? I mean, I, I, hope, there's, uh, I hope there's a lot of pressure there, but, you know, like Nate said, until we see it, it's just kind of hard to know right now. And even, even the back end, I mean, I, I kind of like what they've done. They've picked up some guys and maybe play safety or corner. You know, they think maybe a Wuzier can move back to safety. It's a lot of talk about that. Um, so Xavier Woods also, go to also, the bench? No, no, no. See, well, that's the question. I mean, it seems like they're, they're, they're putting a dig. lot on. Somebody got to go to the bench. I know. They're, that seems to be the, the question mark. They're putting a lot on uh, – they're relying a lot on Clinton Dix and, uh, and uh, Woods to stand up. And, it, you know, on paper, again, they should. But they're also talking about can a Wuzier play – uh, safety? Can this new kid Worley play safety? I mean, they don't seem to know for sure, so why should we? Jesse, rank rank one to three most confident to least confidence defensive the, the front, the middle, and the back end. 
You just named it. <laughs> the front, the middle, the back end. Um, and I, would, I would say the front, the back end, the middle, because I'm still not sure what Leighton Van Der Esch is mm-hmm. as far as a, a linebacker with a neck injury. Come on. I don't, I don't, I don't see how that ever gets better. Um, hopefully Jalen now with some big boys in front of him, will get back to the to roaming and tackling machine that he once was. And we know that Sean Lee from the shoulders up, we know that he's the best at that when it comes to the mental part of the game, but his body has failed him so much in his career we, we don't know. And, and, you know, with the way the league is going, will he be on the field a lot? Will he be trying to cover? I, we, don't, we don't know all the, 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 the basics of it. But I think this defense is okay. And it can, be, it can be better than okay. It can be well above average. One, bringing all these guys in, competition, fellas. Competition, that breeds excellence. When these guys know that I'm just not going to be able to show up and have a job, that I actually have to study, that I actually have to be here on time every single day, that I actually have to practice hard every single day, that I actually have to go out there and make tackles and make plays and make interceptions and know my coverages and know my breakdowns. That right there, competition breeds excellence. And those who can't live up to the competition, you find a new address somewhere else. But this team is this team has already showed its hand on where its strengths are going to be. And this team, with hiring an offensive coach, with putting the resources in your offensive uh, uh, players, this team is going to be helped out defensively by what they're able to do offensively. And they're able to go out there offensively and put up 30, 35 points a game. It's going to make life so much easier for the defensive unit because they're not going to have to be wore down in these tight back and forth games. They're going to be playing from ahead. They're going to have cushion. They're going to have ability to make plays and take chances because you're going to be up 10, 13, 14, 17 points in some ball games. And now you're playing with a much more loose and a much more free-flowing attitude. And when you have that type of mentality, you're able to let your hair down and go out there and fly around and make plays. It's when you're always saying, man, I don't know if I, if I take this chance and I miss and they score, that might be the defining moment of the game. But when you know your offense can go out there and put points up on the board, like it ain't nobody's business now defensively you you make the opposing team's offense one-handed when you're up 10 14 15 17 points now they have to play a certain style and allows your defense to be a much more relaxed much more attacking much more willing to make plays so i think this defense is okay as it's currently constructed but a lot of its success is going to be uh, solely dependent upon how well its offense plays and allows it to rest more and not have to play a bunch of snaps and teams have them on the field for a bunch of times. Are they playing with the lead? How much are they playing with the lead? That determines how you play defense. And of course, to me, competition. I think now for the first time in the last 10 years since Bill Parcells was here, competition matters. What you do in the meetings and on practice in the practice field matters. That eye in the sky, it won't lie, and it'll also be followed by the troop of the coaches. Before, the eye in the sky wouldn't lie, but it also wouldn't be followed up by the necessary moves from the coaching staff that they had on, 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 at the helm. I think this new coaching staff, once they see what's happening on the field, they're going to make the adjustments on the guys who should be out there, 
who shouldn't be out there. But competition breeds excellence, and you have that now with this new coaching staff. Nate, this team was six last year in the NFL, putting up 27.1 points per game. You basically replace Randall Cobb with what we feel like is going to be an upgrade with CeeDee Lamb. You've replaced Jason Witten with what we feel like offensive production-wise is going to be an upgrade with Blake Jarwin. Um, Can you or do you expect this team to put up more than 27 points a game? Jesse was saying a lot of the defensive success is going to be based off the offensive success. Is that a realistic expectation that you can you can put up more than 27 points a game, and should we expect that this year? Until they show us anything different, that's the only way it can be right now. That's the only way is that you that you are averaging 31 plus possession minutes per game, that you are scoring around 30 to 35, maybe 40 points a game, depending on who you playing and how good their offense is. Uh, uh, you got to be able to get up, get leads, use Zeke in, in, a, in a thousand and one ways, along with those multiple weapons that you have on the outside, which is from your tight end to your, to your, to your slot, to the outside receivers. When, you, when they put the game plan together, that's how they looking at it. Hey, fellas, number one, we got to score. Number two, we got to have a time possession. Number three, uh, we got to save our defense. Because you got to have your defense, like just said, attacking, fresh, and confident. Because at least once a quarter, you want them to make some type of play that will that will pay back your offense. So if they're resting fresh and they're playing maybe 29 minutes at the most a game, between 28 minutes a game, with your offense controlling that ball and scoring, yes, sir. That's the only way you can play it right now until you see these guys physically get out there and change our minds by making plays, we have to assume that's the only way you can do it. Kurt, you expect them to put up more points this year than last year? Um, you got to think about it, Kurt? Well, hey, yeah, Kurt, I'm still with it. Question. I didn't realize I was going to stump you by, by wanting, <laughs> no, wanting no, I was going to score more points this year than last year. Man, that's the hard-hitting stuff that we that we. Nah, I'm bad connection so. I'm getting back in extra, so I could hear still still hear Nate talking, so I wasn't going to step over him. But, but I guess my question—I apologize if Nate touched on this because I couldn't couldn't uh, make out all of what he was saying. But you know, we talked about the the offense or the defense kind of being uh, helped along by the offense. They're going to play how the offense does and that sort of thing. But doesn't the success of the if we want to go from 27 points up to 30, 33, whatever? They're going to need some help from that defense. They're going to need some short fields, and they're going to need the special teams to, to do a lot better than they did last year. I mean, I don't know how much the offense can improve their points just by replacing Cobb with a rookie wide receiver or even uh, you know bringing in Jarwin if they're not going to get more help from their defense. And in order to do that, they're going to need more turnovers. They're going to need better special teams play. I think, I think a second year... Kellen Moore, now the kind of the butterflies are gone and he has a better understanding of how to game plan. I think Mike McCarthy is going to help that out tremendously. But go back and look at the, what the Cowboys were last year. Every, every game that they won last year, they scored 30 plus points. Every game that they lost, they didn't. This team last year was built to score 30 plus points a game and to win football games in that manner. 
I, I, I do. I think this coaching staff is going to do a tremendous job of having these guys ready. The game plan, the execution plan will be much better. The creativity will be much more uh, 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 evolved. You're going to see a much more precise uh, game being called by Kellen Moore now that he has come into his second year uh, and now has an offseason to kind of look at his mistakes and correct them. This team is built this team is built, and you, 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 you know it was built to, to do things offensively by the head coach that you hired. I remember hearing, in the, in the reverse kind of way, I remember hearing the, the Ravens when they were winning their championships, and you, you know, Ray Roos would tell uh, the quarterback of the offense, listen, just get us 14 points. You get us 14 points, we'll take care of the rest. And as an, as, as, when, when you hear that as an offensive player, you're like, well, I don't have to force it. I'll, I'll just, punting is okay because we have such a great defense. When, when it's reverse, when you know, when you look at the Chiefs offense, their defense are, is able to fly around and do different things because even if they make a mistake, they know offensively, hey, we got these dudes and they, they loaded AK-47s and they shooting bullets all day long. So even if we mess up, even if we make a mistake, I, I jump around, I go to make a big play and I miss and they score. We got guys in that offense that's going to get the ball and get right back down the field and put seven points back up. So when you have that confidence that your offense is going to be able to do things like that, you're able to go out there and just be much more free and much more confident to go out there and actually make the plays that's going to change the course of the game because Hey fellas, we don't we don't have to have those tight little things going on out there because if we if we miss making that play, will we be able to score another touchdown again, or will we be on the field, you know, for 10, 11, 12, 13 plays at a time? Nah, that offense gonna get the ball back and go down there and score a touchdown, and we Gucci. So I think that's going to be much 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 different than what it was before. It's going to be a consistent 30 points a game, and that's going to put a that's going to put a strain on the opposing team offense to kind of be one-dimensional and, and have to score every single time you know I, oh, like I, I haven't looked at the i haven't looked at the stats but i'm betting those 30 points we scored most of those games our defense had turnovers and so i still wonder can they improve how much can they improve the offensive in the, in the scoring on offense if they're not improving on their defense and that I saw one of our local guys, uh, reporters, Bob Sturm, he was talking about this offense is built to attack, and it has been built to attack for the last few years. The defense, however, has not been built to attack. The defense is uh, under Rod Marinelli and all that. You know, the guys didn't play a lot of man. They didn't blitz a lot. Are we going to see more of that now under McCarthy? Is this going to become an attacking defense, and then should it be an attacking defense? The coaches have changed, and you and you have to – you may have to wait and see what they go, what's the game plan going to be, but the coaching has changed. It, it ain't about being, 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 don't break. It's about schemes. It's about fitting the scheme to the players. It's not the other way around. So you're not depending on guys to go out and, okay, well, we're in this certain situation. Put this group of guys out there. They're going to be trying to dictate. And, 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 and this is about if you get a lead, now you said those play that team last year. Normally they would get a turnover uh, when they scored them thirty points. That's because they had a lead. If, if the Cowboys get a lead, you can play defense differently. You can think differently. You can do things differently. So uh, if they get a lead and they, and they do what they're supposed to do, being up ten or twelve points makes makes offenses act funny, and uh, that means that you become one dimensional. Now you don't have to even look at the run. 
Especially right. being up 10 yeah. or 12 points, and you know that you have an offensive coach who's not going to take the foot off the, off, the, off the gas. See, before, we would go up 10 or 12 points and then get conservative. Our coach that would say, say well, let's, let's, let's just ease up a little bit. Mike McCarthy has that kill until he's dead. It's not going to yeah. be get up. It's not going. It's not. It's not going to be up ten points, and then we, we go into cruise control. It's going to be no. Let's go up twenty points. Let's go up thirty. There, there is no going to be no breaks. It's going to be all gas until until we choke you out. Until there's no more air left in you for, for you to breathe. Oh, he's dead. Now let him are up. We, are we going to see that on defense too? Though, are we going to see a more attacking defense? I think so. I, I think. I think. I think this team. Has to be more of attacking, and I and I think this is why you see a lot of a lot of the defensive back help, is because I, I, look at the guy that they went and draft. They got a, a guy for in the middle. They got Bradley and Nye, who's who's as in college, all he wanted to do was come off the edge, trying to you know trying to reinvent Alden Smith to come off the edge. You know you know what Tank is going to do. They're they're trying to make this thing so that when they're attacking, we got guys in the back end that can play man to man coverage. That's going to be able to be out there on an island by themselves while we're going to hunt the quarterback. Six one, six feet, six one, six feet. That's all our corners are. Six one, six feet. Check them out, man. And then five eight, two hundred pounds. <laughs> Y'all got them scoring forty points a game, going into the fourth quarter with fourteen point leads. They're jumping routes. They're blowing. Let's go. Out. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. We'll be right back on Hanging With My Boys. Planning your next family vacation? Make it Dreams Plymouth Harris Golf Resort and Spa. Enjoy the perks of unlimited luxury at this all-sweet beachfront haven where gourmet meals, premium drinks, and activities are all included. Only 10 minutes from downtown Cancun, Dreams is situated on a private white sand beach. Soak in the views from the infinity pool, pamper yourself at our spa, or enjoy family time at the Lazy River and Water Park. Book your stay today at Dreams Plymo Harris by visiting dreamsresorts.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. The Cowboys way where Thanksgiving means spending the day with 100,000 of your closest family and friends to watch the game live. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships show us what success looks like. Where we're all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans have the power to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America. Copyright 2019, Bank of America Corporation. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... It's right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. Back to hanging with the boys. 
Here at the Cowboys, we can't wait to get back on the field, and we know you can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to cheer us on. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your Cowboys tickets, plus tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protect protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek, let's go! Speaking of... Uh, NFL came out this weekend and said they are planning on releasing the schedule later this week, which I believe will probably be on Friday. And as of now, they have no plans to change the start of the season. What do you guys think about that? Are we are we going to see football when we normally thought we were going to see it? And I, I got, a, I guess, a bigger question than that. With all this virtual stuff, you know, and obviously it depends on how long this goes on. Are we are we going to see simpler schemes, or are these virtual meetings going to get them up to speed? Now, obviously the physical part of it, depending on when training camps and all of that are able to start, um, will determine on like you know, do we see poor tackling and things like that. But as far as schemes, are you going? If you're a coach, are you just going with your normal game plan, or are you simplifying things a little bit until you can actually all get in the same place and, and physically do these things? I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go for. To, if, if it's if if I'm the head coach, I'm giving them everything. You got nothing but time. Like, what else do you have to do? Like, I'm giving you all this information to study, to take in. To, to, to rehearse. I mean, you can get innovative, innovative of how you want to do these things you know, at your own leisure, but you have nothing but time. There isn't anything else that you can't go nowhere. You can't go on vacation. You can't go to the clubs. You can go to, you know, maybe to the, to the grocery store and back. You have nothing but time. So I'm giving you all the information I possibly can. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give you everything about what we want to do, whether that's defensively, offensively, special teams, wise, whatever it is, because you have nothing but time to study. That's it. Turn off Netflix, put down the, 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 the joystick of the video game, you know, uh, if, if, you know, the, the, the horny part in football horny, turn that off a little bit, you know, but, and go, and <laughs> And just go study. I, I don't. I don't see why this would stop you from giving the information. I know that some guys are more visual learners than they are, you know, actual, you know, kind of playbook type learners. Or, or like Nate will say, I got to get out there and actually do it. But the information you gathering the information and downloading the information in your brain, I want to give you everything. And then once we get together, I'll determine from everything that I've given you guys. One. Who actually has been studying and doing their part in your profession? Two, who's in shape to do all these things? And then I'll start to curtail things back a little bit and saying, okay, we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this. Instead of starting there and then trying to build it back up, give you everything, and then I can cut back. I agree 100%. This, speak, look, play off of that a little bit, Nate. Rookie mini huh? would, would I said rookie minicamps would be starting this week to play off that a little bit. How far behind the rookies not being able to get in the building early, is it going to hurt them a lot? Oh, and is it even the undrafted free agents even more? Oh, definitely. Especially guys that uh, 
that are, you know, new to this this game. I mean, because they don't get to get the speed of the game. A lot of times guys can gather things and they can see things, but not at the speed, not at grown man speed. Some of these guys, some of these guys will be set back a little bit by this. Some of them, uh, it'll take a little while, you know, but if they can get the training camp, this thing will equal out. You know, this thing, uh, they'll start to see. They're like, okay, I got to pick it up and practice. I got to do this. Oh, I'm all right with this. You know, uh, it's just a mental thing of seeing the speed and realizing that you had the capability to match that or be better. So, uh, uh, but it, it's definitely going to hurt some of, the, some of the younger guys. Veteran guys, four or five years, come on, man. It, they need to hit the ground running. I'm like, just give them all the information, and then you'll find out, you know, within a couple of weeks, like, oh, man, this dude dumb. Yeah, we, we better not put that in there. That, that dude, that man, box of rocks, boy. I can shake him up better than this cat, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, and, and remember, and one thing, remember, the Cowboys have that fifth preseason game this year. I think if, if they continue to stay on schedule, that's going to bode very well for the Cowboys because they'll have that fifth preseason, that Hall of Fame game. They'll have that to you as another another game to kind of get those guys up to speed and get guys kind of almost uh, adjusted to the new life of the NFL. Yeah, we uh, we lost it lost a good one this morning. Coach Don Shula passed away this morning. Um, Nate, you being a Florida guy and being around the league for he so was long. everything down there, man. He was everything. Yeah. When I was growing up, he was everything. Them undefeated Dolphins, the Killer Bees. Uh, he won with the Colts and took them to a league championship. I mean, he was everything down there, man, especially when he got Dan Marino. I mean, he was bigger then than he was the two Super Bowls he won before he got there. So, uh, Coach Shula, man, uh, I think I met Coach Shula once, you know, and and it was just a br- very brief because, I, you know, I'm one of them guys, man, you know, I, I like to shake a guy hand and keep moving, you know, because a lot of people be on it. But Coach Shula, man, he was – he was an important man. He knew he was important, and he held himself in that in that uh, <laughs> in that light, man. Jesse, who were some of the coaches? I don't know if we've ever talked about coaches. Who were some of the uh, the coaches you looked up to when you were, I guess, a kid, and then when you got older and you actually got into the league? Man, as a as a youngster, I would say none. I didn't really, you know, coaches didn't really look, you know, into that kind of stuff. And then as I kind of got older and got into uh, as I got into the league, um, I was always again an offensive guy. So you always look at the offensive coaches. I think I think you don't really start looking at coaching until you're in the league, and then you start seeing different coaches and how they impact you and how they're uh, you know able to <clears throat> uh, how they're able to help you with whatever that role is. Most players don't look at you know coaches at a, as a, as a, at a young age. It's more so once I get into that system and then you see how a guy like Bill Belichick thinks and you see how, um, you know, come into play for Bill Belichick and his teams and now, you know, things of that nature. So not really none growing up. Kurt, you have any, uh, any memories of Shuler, any favorite moments? Who were some coaches that, that you kind of followed? Well, I was Landry. I mean, I was kind of a Cowboys fan growing up. And so, uh, you know, Shula was always a kind of this legendary figure, this kind of icon. But um, I wasn't a Dolphins fan at all. And, and so uh, I wouldn't say I, I had a <clears throat> dislike for him. But, uh, you know, he was just he was one of those great coaches that uh, I just wanted the Cowboys to beat whenever they faced him. 
Super Bowl Bob Lilly chasing him all around. <laughs> he busted up Bob Greasy. Yes, Coach. So, Coach so, so, so my, 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 my question to Shannon, I don't, I don't want to hijack your show, Shannon. You're the host of the show. So are we are we not going to talk about this number thing? Are we going to let this this number I, I, I thing I, just? For some reason, I can't hear you, Jesse. I heard you say are Shannon, we, but I can't. Are, are we are we Try are we not going to talk about this? This numbers thing, this eighty-eight being chosen for CD Lane. You know what? Uh, I am glad. I am glad you brought that up because that was on my list, and I got sidetracked. And I wanted to definitely get your feedback and Nate's feedback. There's been a little bit of, little bit of back and forth on social media about uh, CD Lamb supposedly wanted to wear number ten. Mr. Jones wanted him to wear number eighty-eight. Um, we all know who won that discussion. Um, <laughs> You know, what do you, I want to get your thoughts. Should you let the man build his own legacy and let him go with what he wants? Or is there something to, when you become a Dallas Cowboy, it's different. Like it or not, good, bad, indifferent, it's different. And when you come in, there there are things, you know, we talk about it on the show all the time, the star and, and Mr. Jones, and there's an expectation and there's a lot of things that come with it. And this is one of those things is, Hey, there's a story franchise, and 88 is a, it's become a storied number with, you know, all the guys that have worn it. What are y'all's thoughts on, should they have let them, let him, C.D. Lamb pick his own number, or do you like the fact that they're putting some expectations and kind of saying, here you go, this is what we expect of you? All I want to know is this, what did C.D. Lamb say? Did he, was he against it? He never said no. He just he picked. He was gonna wear ten. I don't think he ever came out and said no. I'm not. I don't want to wear eighty-eight. He just said he wanted to wear ten. So okay. Until I hear Ceedee Lamb response, then I, I have I have nothing really to say on that right there. So Jesse, what 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 are your thoughts and voice of reasoning? <laughs> well, well, when he when initially got drafted, he said he was gonna wear number ten. He wanted to wear number ten. He wore a single digit in, uh, in college. And then all of a sudden it came out that, you know, Jerry Jones played with a guy named Jerry Lamb and he wore number 88. And so uh, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, we want that to continue. I, I would love for him to wear it to represent a, a good friend of mine who we played ball with in Arkansas. Uh, but I just think I think the man, the young man should be able to pick his own number. Like, like give me that chance to, to formulate and build my own identity. I don't, maybe, maybe he didn't want the pressure of having to live up to the 88 number. Maybe his thing was, you know, I'm a new age cat. I, I like the, 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 you know, the, the teens or the, or the smaller numbers. So I, I just think a guy should be able to choose what number he wants to wear. And then the famous words of Deion Sanders, if you look good, you play good. If you play good, they pay good. So, you know, and, and, and and having your number mean something like you feel some kind of way when you know that's your number, like that's my number. And when I put it on, it, it's almost like a like a, a badge of honor. It's almost like, you know, especially when you're a guy and you get to choose your number. Some guys don't get a chance to choose. when you when you even even if for me as a guy was an undrafted free agent, like I, they gave me number 16, but I had an option to wear it or not. But I embraced it and I love the number 16. When you're a first-round pick, you have options, and I think I think being able to build your own brand is important uh, for, Doesn't especially the time we live in. Yeah, Doesn't absolutely. Add extra pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't let hit when you talk about eighty-eight. What name don't you bring up when you talk about eighty-eight? 
Antonio Bryant, right? You don't talk about him because he didn't live up. He didn't live up to the expectation of being number eighty-eight. So there's there's an added level of pressure to do it. And I love people that you know that come into our mentions and say, "Oh, well, Michael Irvin okay, is okay with him wearing eighty-eight." And I go, "I love Mike more than anybody. You know, you guys well not you know, but I love Mike. That's my guy. Nobody wants eighty-eight to be more relevant than Michael Irvin. He knows that as long as eighty-eight is relevant." His name is relevant, and Michael loves for his name to be relevant. So, but I just think CDC had the opportunity to to, to start his own thing, to do his own thing. He will. I don't like, know. He will know, just man, make rookie of the year. Just make rookie of the year. All those great '88s. The in, the Cowboys did a series a while back about the best player at each position, and I think number ten was like Ron Whidbey or something, a punter from the '60s. So, you know, I could see where Lamb would want to maybe build all that legacy. <laughs> but I, in my heart of hearts, my heart of hearts, I do think CeeDee Lamb wears number 88 this year and then next year tries to change and go back to his number. Just honor Jerry and his friend this year and then go back to his number 10 next year if it's still available. You already Might depend on how he does. If I'm him, if I'm CeeDee Lamb, I keep that 88, turn that number out. Yeah. Be rookie of the year, run this thing three, four years, and Jerry will say thank you. How you go a big old check, son, for wearing that idiot? <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Well, fellas, that money he'll get from jersey sales, yeah, do that. Yeah, because that that comes into play too. It is time for us to say goodbye. By the way, shout out to my buddy Scott. He's not going to let me live this down. He's the one that sent me the article about the NFL schedule staying on track so scott my good buddy thank you for sending that to me fellas it's been real it's been fun it has been real fun the cowboys are scoring 40 points a game they're averaging 1.3 turnovers per game yeah yeah come on come on come on i don't even know where to I don't even know where to where to where to stop. There's so many positive things that are happening this year. You're going not, to you're Tampa not even going to book that next Super Bowl. Hell no! Hell you can't no. go anywhere. The virus <laughs> gonna keep from over there. That's only reason we're going. <laughs> All right, man. fellas. Kurt, thanks for bringing it, man. Nate, thanks for bringing it. Jesse, thanks for being here, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate the enthusiasm, the energy. Chris Beam, thanks for keeping us on the air and hooked up. We Thanks, will Chris. see you guys next Thanks, Chris. Monday All right, Jesse. when we come back on Hanging with the Boys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!